You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. This is an exciting week for the SEC in football as SEC Football Media Days begin today. Assuming you were listening to Monday's show, this is going to be a busy week. Over the last, what, month or two, I've scaled the show back a little bit, doing three shows a week, essentially. This week, I'm going to do at least four shows, maybe five, depending on the travel schedule uh, on Thursday. But SEC Media Days will take place in Hoover, Alabama, Monday through Thursday. I will be doing radio live from 12 to 3 Eastern Time on the Sports Animal. Our station is going to have coverage all day long, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to have a lot to talk to you about here on this show. So you will hear... Several interviews, a bunch of guests talking about Tennessee. On Tuesday, Tennessee will be there. Head coach Jeremy Pruitt and three Tennessee football players, Jarrett Garantano, Daniel Batuli, and Daryl Taylor. Each school sends a head coach and three players to SEC Media Days. It's in Hoover, Alabama, and again, it's a four-day event. So uh, this episode is going to kind of get you started. In the first segment, I'm going to look at some of the storylines that will be surrounding Tennessee's football team on Tuesday and as Uh, The media gathers and talks about Tennessee, and collectively we get a bunch of stuff wrong when we make our predictions at the end of the week, and uh, that's something to look forward to uh, at the end of the week, what the picks are for how the order of finish will go, as well as the preseason All-SEC teams. And again, we're going to get a lot of stuff wrong collectively as the media. I'll get to that in segment number one. In segment number two, I'm going to have a conversation with Chris Van Dyne, who works with Phil Steele Publications, and I'll get his thoughts on Jim Chaney coaching Tennessee's offense, the quarterback position in the SEC, and some of those important games in the SEC against South Carolina, Missouri, and Mississippi State, what Chris thinks there. And before the show ends, there is more basketball to talk about, as there's a five-star name that is considering Tennessee on the recruiting trail, and he could potentially join Tennessee's basketball team this upcoming fall. Also, you will hear Admiral Schofield, who might have as much confidence as any player in the NBA And that might not be an exaggeration. So all of that right here on Locked On Vols, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts platform. I know there have been some uh, concerns about what's going on with Google Play, and I don't have a great answer there, but Google Podcasts is where you can find it. If you're looking for an alternative option, though, Himalaya app works great. Overcast, Stitcher, you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, really. Spotify as well. It's Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So some storylines with Tennessee this week in Hoover. It is year two for Jeremy Pruitt. I think part of the conversation with Tennessee will be, can the Vols make a jump in year two? That's something we've talked about a lot this offseason, is heading into the second year with Jeremy Pruitt as the head coach, can Tennessee make some kind of jump? Can Tennessee be more competitive? I, I think that has to occur this year, considering the result of most of Tennessee's losses last year, six of the seven losses being by 25 or more points. But can Tennessee pull off some of these games that the Vols struggle to win? South Carolina was a close one last year. Can Tennessee beat South Carolina at home this season? Missouri has really handled Tennessee. Can the Vols close the gap there? And then that Mississippi State game, I think, really becomes important. Uh, If you're just looking at overall record, Tennessee has BYU at home instead of West Virginia. 
So I think a lot of people will look at Tennessee's schedule and say it's not easy, not even close, when you play Georgia and Alabama plus Florida looking like a better football team or in better shape as a program. But with BYU there instead of West Virginia, the non-conference looks much more manageable. Can Tennessee make a jump from being 4-8 and eight and 5-7 and seven the last two years to, hey, 7-5 and five or better this upcoming season? And can that project something for Tennessee's program Overall, I think that's a lot of the conversation with Tennessee. Part of that will include Jim Chaney. What kind of impact will he have on Tennessee's offense? I'm really kind of running through some subjects that you know very well. We've been covering it extensively on this show. And if you listen to any sports talk radio or read blogs or stories or columns, whatever, about Tennessee's football team. But I think the media at large, whether we're talking about regionally in the SEC or national media there, will be talking about Jeremy Pruitt him being a good recruiter, and what he needs to do to get Tennessee ultimately back to the position that Georgia's in and that Florida is in and and hopes to really be this upcoming season and in the next couple of years. Right now, I don't think the media looks at Tennessee and comes anywhere close to putting it in the position of Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, the three big rivals in the SEC, the three big programs that Tennessee plays every year. So the question with Tennessee from the media, I'd say it will be, Can Jeremy Pruitt get the Vols back there? And part of that conversation is also going to include, hey, haven't we done this before? We had this conversation for a year with Lane Kiffin. We had this conversation with Derek Dooley. You know how that turned out. Butch Jones got Tennessee the closest among the last three head coaches to being in that position. In 2015, it looked like the Vols were about to emerge. There was Tennessee is back talk at media days that year. And then in 2016, that's the year that Tennessee was picked to win the SEC East. And you know how that turned out. Tennessee was 5-0. and Tennessee was a top-10 team that season. Going into the year and halfway through the season, halfway through the 2016 season, Tennessee was still ranked number nine in the country. And things have not gone well since then, as you are aware. The SEC East talk, I think, is simply going to be between Florida and Georgia. Georgia is going to be the pick. There's no drama heading into the predictions for the SEC East versus the West. My guess is that Alabama is going to be picked to win the SEC title, but it's going to be a pick between Alabama and Georgia. And then in the East, it will be, can Florida break through? In the West, I think LSU will be given the best chance to win the division if it's not Alabama. There might be some Auburn talk, but the Auburn talk, I think, will largely be around the hot seat. Auburn opens the season in Arlington against Oregon. Oregon could be a pretty good football team with Justin Herbert back and an offensive line that could be good. And week four, Auburn has to go to Texas A&M. Year two coach there. And Jimbo Fisher, they're hoping to make a jump. So with Auburn, they could be a good football team, could be a top 25 team. They also could have the kind of season that would cause Auburn fans to want to change with the head coaching position. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying... I think that's what a lot of the conversation will be. Kentucky will probably talk about being slept on, which might end up being the case. And then you have some other programs like Mississippi State, Joe Moorhead, year two. Can they take the program to an even higher level considering they have big-time pieces on the defensive side to replace? And then one other topic I'm looking forward to is quarterback play in the SEC. Chris Van Dyne's going to talk about that coming up in the next segment. But nine of the 14 schools will send quarterbacks, including Tennessee. Garantana will be there on Tuesday. So Monday will begin with three schools 
Florida, LSU, and Missouri, all of those schools have, I think, pretty interesting storylines. Mizzou, remember, is still appealing the NCAA penalties. So we don't know if Missouri is going to be eligible or not for the postseason. I know Phil Steele, with his predictions for the year, has included Missouri in a bowl game, projecting that Missouri will be able to uh, play in a bowl game and win its appeal, essentially, as far as it relates to postseason play. So that's the storyline there. Tuesday, which will include Tennessee, will also have Georgia, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. So the first couple of days, I think, will be really interesting at SEC Media Days in Hoover. Coming up next, I'm going to talk Tennessee football and football around the SEC with Chris Van Dyne from Phil Still Publications. What Chris thinks Jim Chaney might be able to do with Tennessee's offense as he is back for round number two as Tennessee's offensive coordinator. That's coming up next here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today it is presented by Twillery.com slash Locked On. I've really enjoyed telling you about Twillery over the last few weeks. I told you about the shirt that I ordered recently. I got one of the non-iron shirts, and you can tell the difference in the quality of the material with a Twillery shirt when you receive it. They offer non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts that you can get for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. And with free shipping and returns, you can try on some Twills risk-free. After all, filling is believing. With Twillery, Smart Casual just got smarter and cheaper. They have a ton of different options for you to try out, and all you have to do is go to the website, twillery.com slash locked on. That's T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y dot com slash locked on. Use the promo code, it's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on for $25 off. Remember the website, twillery.com slash locked on. On Friday, I had a chance to talk to Chris Van Dyne, who works with Phil Still Publications, the Phil Still magazine you know really well. There is a ton of information in the magazine to get you ready for the upcoming season. Tennessee is one of Phil Still's teams that should make a jump in 2019. Tennessee is number seven on Phil's list of most improved teams heading into this upcoming season. And one reason I think there's more optimism with the Vols is the arrival of Jim Chaney. So that's where the conversation begins as I asked Chris Van Dyne what he thinks Jim Chaney might be able to do for Tennessee's offense and quarterback Jarrett Garantano. Well, the one thing I've always liked about Jim Chaney, going back to his days uh, at Tennessee and his earlier stint and uh, at Pitt and Arkansas and, of course, at Georgia, is he, he always finds a way to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers and luckily for him, he's got some playmakers on this team that can make a significant improvement on this offense. We have Tennessee with the number 13 rated wide receiver unit in the country. Uh, all three guys, uh, their top three guys are back in Palmer, Jennings, and Callaway. Uh, plus, we, uh, see, we can see a significant improvement from uh, Dominic Wood Anderson, the tight end. That was a guy that when Phil talked to Coach Pruitt this uh, spring, it, Coach Pro was really high on Wood Anderson, and he felt like this was a year that he could uh, show off a big improvement. And uh, so that offense has a lot of playmaker uh, potential. And then you have Ty Chandler's a big potential at running back, uh, guy that uh, anytime he touches the ball, he has the capability of taking it all away. Uh, so there's a lot of potential in that offense to not only to improve, but also for Jared Garantano to show the improvement that they've been waiting for in Knoxville. And, you know, he's an accurate quarterback. He's obviously tough. He's taken a lot of hits. And the other thing that's nice with this offense is uh, 10 starters back 
and the offensive line is kind of rebuilt. You got uh, a couple of really talented freshmen coming in, and Wanya Morris and uh, Darnell Wright should be a good year with Cheney coming back in and uh, getting the ball in the hands of those playmakers. Chris Van Dyne, Phil Steele Publications, and uh, you know, with with Tennessee, I believe number seven on uh, Phil's list of most improved teams heading into the season. How much is that a part of that? Those, those things you just mentioned. Is there anything else that stands out about? why Tennessee should be an improved team, maybe one of the best and uh, most improved teams in the country? Uh, the experience is a big factor. Uh, second year in, in the system, you know, we all feel that uh, Coach Pruitt's doing a very good job in Knoxville right now. He's built up the offensive line, and that's one of the significant things that you think about Tennessee, where they've struggled the last couple of years, is uh, that offensive line just hasn't been up to par. Obviously, getting Trey Smith would, would help that uh, if he can get healthy. Um, Defensively, they have six starters back. The linebackers and secondary have a lot of returning guys and should be a strength. They do have some concerns on the defensive line, uh, but uh, overall this is an experienced team. Schedule factor also helps. They do get a a bit of an easier non-conference slate with the toughest game being BYU at home. So that'll that'll definitely help. And so it, it should be an improved team, like we said, number seven most improved team in the magazine. And uh, getting getting Tennessee back to a bowl game has to be the goal here. Could see seven or eight wins. Yeah, so Chris, when you look at Tennessee, it should be an improved football team. It also goes up against a number of tough teams. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, pretty, pretty obvious. We'll get to a couple of those in a moment. But games against teams like Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri, uh, who are in similar positions maybe to Tennessee, correct me if I'm wrong, but what, what do you think about those games for Tennessee, South Carolina, Mizzou, and, and Mississippi State, and how they will affect what Tennessee's ultimate season is this year? Well, all three of those games are winnable for Tennessee, which uh, you have to think that if you're going to make a bowl game, you have to get one or two of those. South Carolina's a talented team, uh, probably a, a more experienced team coming in this year. Jake Bentley's going to be a four-year starter. Uh, they have seven guys back on both sides of the ball, and they have a healthy DJ Wanham at defensive end, which will be a big factor for them. The biggest issue for the game clocks this year is their schedule. We have South Carolina with the toughest schedule in the country, number one toughest schedule. At, they, they play Bama, Clemson, and Georgia, three of the top four teams in our magazine right now. And uh, also road games against Missouri, A&M, and Tennessee that aren't going to be easy, win- easy winnable games. As far as Missouri goes, they're kind of on the opposite end of the schedule spectrum. Uh, they have winnable games on the road against Vanderbilt and Kentucky, home games against South Carolina, Florida, and Tennessee, and their SEC West games are only against Arkansas and Ole Miss, so they're playing the bottom of the SEC West versus someone like Tennessee, who unfortunately always has to play the top. Uh, for Missouri, you add in a guy like Kelly Bryant, a quarterback, you know, you, you think, oh, they lose Drew Locke, so they're going to take a step back. Well, here comes Kelly Bryant coming in from Clemson. They have three O-line starters back, and their offensive line has to be one of the uh, more – consistent offensive lines in the SEC and more unheralded. They, they haven't allowed more than 14 sacks in a season the last three years. They have a 1,000-yard running back coming back and Larry Roundtree. Uh, so a big season for Missouri, and the schedule helps them. As far as Mississippi State goes, they, they have some things they have to replace. They're losing a three-year starting quarterback in Nick Fitzgerald. And the more important thing is they're losing that entire defensive line, including a couple first-round draft picks. Head coach Joe Moorhead's looking for a more accurate quarterback this year, and they had Keto and Thompson, who was the apparent the heir apparent to Fitzgerald, but he only completed 46% last year. So they went out and got Tommy Stevens, a Penn State grad transfer, who 
played under and was recruited by Joe Moorhead at Penn State. So uh, he comes in. They just added an explosive uh, transfer from Kansas State and Isaiah Zuber. Definitely a schedule situation for them helps, too. They, they could start 4-0 with home games against Kansas State and Kentucky early in the season. Uh, you know, if they can pull those games out. Uh, Tennessee does catch Mississippi State off a of bye, which is always a disadvantage. Those are, all three games are winnable for Tennessee, but uh, you know if you want to make a bowl game, you got to think you got to get one or two of those. Yeah, I'd say you're right. Uh, Chris Van Dyne, Phil Still Publications here, and you mentioned Kelly Bryant, uh, transfer that could potentially win the job at Mississippi State as well, and Tommy Stevens, uh, and then other players who are looking to take a step forward. How interesting do you think is the quarterback position in the SEC this year? Overall, this is some of the best, better quarterback play we've seen in the SEC for a while. When you have two at Tiger Vailoa, you know, at the top, and Jacob Fromm, those two guys speak for themselves. But then you have other guys that you expect to take big jumps, like uh, Joe Burrow of LSU, who the coaches are really high on, and they brought in the New Orleans Saints pass game coordinator to kind of uh, elevate their pass game past what we've seen in the years past. Kellen Mond of Texas A&M is another guy. He had an excellent season last year, ready to take another step. And Florida, Felipe Franks is a guy we're intrigued by. Uh, he's a big quarterback, and the one thing that we noticed last year at the end of the year, they started using him more as a physical runner, and it uh, took their offense to another level as they played better throughout the season. And uh, So Franks is another guy. And then even uh, you got a place like Vanderbilt where Riley Neal comes in and steps in for – uh, Shermer, and he's got a lot of weapons on his side. You've got uh, Pinkney at tight end and Lipscomb wide receiver, and you've got a top talented running back in uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. So he's got a lot of weapons around him. So the, the quarterback play in the SEC as a whole could be really, really explosive this year. Chris Van Dyne, Phil Still Publications. Uh, Chris, I know so much work is put into putting the magazine together. What do college football fans need to know about getting the magazine or anything else going on with uh, Phil Still leading up to the start of college football? Well, the magazine is in stores right now, and uh, you can get it at any Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Walgreens, Target, CVS, uh, Publix Bookstore. Uh, if you can't find it in stores, and some of the stores do sell out, we we can ship you a magazine, and you can call 1-866-918-7711. That's 866-918-7711. And uh, if, if you're a Tennessee fan, we've got a Tennessee player on one of our eight regional covers. Uh, Marquez Callaway's on the south cover. So you can call in and pick your cover, and uh, we'll get it out to you in 24 hours. And uh, get you that magazine because that's the one. If you if you're if you're a diehard college football fan, that's the one you have to have. That's we put so much time into the and effort in this magazine. It's like having 130 media guys rolled into one. So uh, make sure you get your hands on it. Uh, if it's not in stores, again, you can call one eight six six nine one eight seven seven one one and ha- uh, purchase one and have one shipped to you. The Phil Steele Preview Magazine. You need it to get ready for the college football season. Chris, really appreciate the time and all the information. Great to talk to you and look forward to talking to you again down the line. Thank you very much, Josh, and good talking to you too. Chris Van Dyne, Phil Steele Publications. Coming up next, I'm going to shift to basketball. There's going to be a ton of football this week. That'll be the main part of the conversation with SEC Media Days, but I do want to work in a little basketball for you as you're going to hear from Admiral Schofield with NBA Summer League action for the former Tennessee players wrapping up this past weekend. I'll get you to that, as well as a recruiting note that is at least worth monitoring with Tennessee's basketball team potentially 
for this upcoming season. Uh, One more football note in the next segment as well related to an important Tennessee football player. So there's still a lot to get to. That's coming up next on Locked On Vols, which you can find anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also tell your smart speaker at home to simply play podcast Locked On V-O-L-S, and it should fire right up for you. Just tell it to play podcast Locked On V-O-L-S. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, you can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts on really anywhere you listen to podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So before I get back to one more football note, which I do think is at least interesting, there's some basketball stuff to clean up. Number one, I think the former Tennessee players playing in the Summer League really had a productive run. The guys who were just drafted or just left Tennessee, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, and Jordan Bone, who were drafted, then Kyle Alexander playing with the Miami Heat, as well as Jarnell Stokes with the Portland Trailblazers. He has really developed his game. I don't know if Jarnell's going to be on an NBA team at the start of the season, but he's kind of bounced around within the league. He's gone overseas and played. He'll have a chance as well. Grant had a really nice showing with the Boston Celtics. They are really excited about their rookie class with Grant, uh, Carson Edwards from Purdue, Tremont Waters, who was drafted out of LSU. Romeo Langford is a young player who was selected. He was their first selection out of Indiana. And then Taco Fall got a ton of attention as well. But Grant had a really nice showing. They lost to the Grizzlies on Saturday, but really did well in the summer league. Admiral Schofield, I think, is going to have a chance to play immediately. And then Jordan Bone, he's going to spend most of the year, if not all of it, in the G League, but played well. And he was not with the team the entire time because of the trade timing. And then Kyle Alexander, we'll see what kind of options he has, whether he plays in the G League or tries to go overseas. So I think it was a really nice run in the Summer League for Tennessee's former players. And it will give Tennessee fans something to pay attention to in the NBA if you happen to be interested. And here's something that keeps Tennessee's fan base interested. It's the personality. Grant Williams is going to take the personality that you got to know, the guy off the court that you got to know the last few years, to the Boston Celtics organization. So will Admiral Schofield. Listen to Admiral here as he was asked by the media just a few days ago, what position he's going to play in the NBA? That's been a common question. Are you a guard? Are you a wing? Are you a four? What position do you play this was the response from Admiral Schofield. Uh, I'm a winner. That's what position I am. I, I impact winning in any way I can. Um, I'm not a guy that you say he's a two, he's a three, he's a four, he's a five. You know, people look at me and say he's a linebacker. So the biggest thing is, you know, just going out there and competing, being athletic, showing guys I can shoot the ball. Um, and like I said, just competing at a high level. That's what it's about at the end of the day. Um, and. You know, when I leave the floor, I want to be known as a winner. I want to be known as one of the best competitors on the floor. And, you know, that's all my main focus is. It's not about what position I'm playing. Good luck finding a more confident player than Admiral Schofield. He's going into his rookie season in the NBA. Asked what position he plays. He's a winner. And at Tennessee, I think he kind of backed that up. But that mentality, he doesn't just show up talking trash and he doesn't back it up with his work ethic. He works as hard as anybody you're going to find. Rick Barnes said that, and he's coached some guys who work pretty hard. Kevin Durant, I think he's near the top of that list. So for Admiral to take that kind of mentality, knowing that he has to do whatever it takes to help a team, that's something that I think the Washington Wizards organization could use. So uh, that was Admiral at NBA Summer League. And I think the showing by Grant Williams, Jordan Bone, Kyle Alexander, and Jarnell Stokes, all of those guys overall was really impressive. We'll see what that means coming up in a few months when the NBA preseason and regular season does begin. 
Now as it relates to Tennessee basketball's future, word came out Friday afternoon from Kentucky Sports Radio that five-star prospect Infali Dante, a six-foot-eleven center in the class of 2020, is focusing on four schools, Kentucky, Oregon, LSU, and Tennessee. Here's something that makes Dante's recruitment more interesting, though. There has been talk that he is considering reclassifying into the 2019 class, which means he would be in college this upcoming season. Grant Ramey reported at GoVols 247 that Tennessee is working to try to get Dante on campus for a visit, which would be really important if he's going to reclassify for the 2019-20 season, meaning he'd be in college here coming up in, I guess, just a few weeks. He took an official visit to Kentucky on June 27th. He has used official visits to LSU and Oregon back last October. Will he visit Tennessee? That's something to pay attention to as the Vols do have a scholarship available. With DJ Burns deciding to transfer, he's actually going to Winthrop. Word came out there late last week. Tennessee does have a scholarship to give. Could it go to Infale Dante, a current member of the 2020 class, but a potential 2019 class member? That is something to pay attention to. And would he be able to come in and help immediately? I don't know that. He could be a guy that it takes some time if he's getting on campus as a player that has reclassified. He may not be ready to make a big impact right away, but what we do know is Tennessee needs help in the post, and if Tennessee gets Dante to campus... I'm sure that's going to be a big part of the pitch. Hey, we need size, and you have it. Recruiting for the 2020 class is going really well, I think. I think the Vols are clearly the favorites to land Keon Johnson, the number one player in the state of Tennessee, a prospect in 2020 who will make his announcement on August 6th. It's between Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio State. And again, I think Tennessee is the favorite to land Johnson. So recruiting for the future looks really good for Tennessee. They're in on several other big-time players. I mentioned Jaden Springer trimming his list last week and having Tennessee in it. He's another top player in the 20 class. So uh, on the recruiting trail, the work continues for Rick Barnes and his coaching staff. And before I close out today's show, one more Tennessee football note. Maybe I should have gotten to this earlier considering the potential impact, but you know, I don't know exactly what it means, but Vince Ferrara for Sports Radio WNML on Friday spoke to Grace Christian coach Rusty Bradley. Bradley has been a really successful coach in the Knoxville area, coaching at CAK, now at Grace Christian. But in between those two schools, he coached at University School of Jackson. He was the head coach for Trey Smith his senior year before he arrived at Tennessee. And Vince Ferrara did ask Rusty about Trey Smith, he's gone by Grace Christian to visit, and he has continued to work out. We know from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt that Trey is working to try to get back to play football and is hoping for clearance, medical clearance, to be able to play again after blood clots were discovered during the middle of last season. And he did not really participate this past spring, was involved in some light contact, but was not really practicing with the Tennessee football team, certainly not in full. Rusty did tell Vince Ferrara, Rusty Bradley, that Trey, quote, felt really confident that he will be able to return and play. That does not mean that he absolutely will be able to play for Tennessee, but I think we all know that if Trey Smith is cleared and he can play football for Tennessee, whether he's playing guard or tackle, he would make a big difference for Tennessee and really would be, I mean, he would most likely be Tennessee's best player. He would be that, I think, going in. So it's something to continue to monitor, and I don't know that we should expect word anytime soon with Trey Smith, but 
Trey Smith's former high school coach, Rusty Bradley, told Sports Radio WNML that Trey, quote, felt really confident about his chances of playing as he continues to work out and be prepared as best he can in case he is cleared by doctors to play football this upcoming season. Football is going to be the main focus of the show this week as SEC Football Media Days are underway. Thanks for being here on today's show. I'll be back tomorrow with coverage from Hoover, Alabama. Remember, Tuesday, tomorrow will be Tennessee's day. So I'll get you ready for that coming up on tomorrow's show. Continue to spread the word, download, subscribe, rate and review, all that good stuff. It's a big help to Locked On Vols. Today presented by Twillery.com slash Locked On. Find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward and Facebook.com slash Josh Ward. I'll see you next time on Locked On Vols. (laughs) 